Praise God. Praise God. I just love God on today. He is just so awesome and so wonderful. Um, we have been uh, studying, seeing, seizing, and taking advantage of God's given, uh, God-given opportunities. Um, the Lord laid this upon Pastor Robert and I's heart. Um, and this is a series we're going to be in. We're not going to try to rush through it. We're, we're going to... Um, we're going to let the Lord have his way um, because every day you are presented with opportunities. Amen. Every day, right? Amen. How, many, how many of you, you had an opportunity today whether to stay home or come to church? Amen? That was, that was an opportunity. I, I, it was a decision that you had to make whether you were going to trek through the rain or you were going to trek if you're watching via Facebook Live. You had an opportunity of whether you were going to tune in to us today or say, no, I'm not, going to, I'm not going to tune in to you on Facebook Live. Every day we are presented with opportunities. And the thing is, we have to be able to discern what are God-given opportunities and what are just opportunities that the Lord is not asking for us to go through. Amen. Uh, uh, it could be, for, for instance, you could have been offered a new job. The new job could be paying more money. The new job could be just in the spot that you need. But is it a God-given opportunity? Is it an opportunity and a door that God is meaning for you to walk through? Uh, my, my sister and I, we have a motto. Um, I own my own business and she owns her own business. We always say all, uh, all money ain't good money. All money ain't good money. Because sometimes you can get money, but the money, will, you'll be chasing the money instead of the money chasing you. You'll be chasing the various things and it will have control over you versus you having control over that thing. Right. All relationships may be good, but all relationships ain't good for you. Amen. You know, and, and I'm going to go here. Uh, single women and single men. It's like you can have a relationship with a man and he may be, he may look good, he may be looking fine, he may be glittering, he may be talking in your ear, but is that the relationship for you? Is it the opportunity that God wants you to move forth in? And so today, what I want to talk about is God giving opportunities. And I'm using my phone because my, um, uh, my phone has my notes on it, and if you go to our church app, download our church app through the Apple uh, Store or Google Play Store, just Google Open Altar Worship Center, um, and you'll get the app. You can also follow along with the, uh, the notes, because we have them on the church app, okay? So, um, let's look at some ways to be able to discern God-given opportunities, how many of you can confess that there are times that you just don't really know whether this is, this is meant for you? Are, are, am I right? Am I the only one that deals with that? No. Trying to figure out whether or not, you know, Lord, do you want me? You know, do you want me to move this way? Do you, do you, do you just want me to stand still? And, and it's, it's a difficult situation sometimes to be in. Um, but let's look at the definition of opportunity. And I'm going to just lay out some things for you on how to discern, and it's not exhaustive. There's probably plenty more, but I'm just going to lay out some things to you that the Lord laid on my heart on discerning God-given opportunities. Um, the definition of opportunity is a critical or decisive point in time. Opportunity is a period of time in which conditions are right for a particular 
course of action. Look at this. It's a critical or decisive decision. What this, what the decisions that you need to make, the opportunities and the things that are coming your way, and it is a critical point in your life because if you make the wrong decision, if you move out in the wrong time, if you connect yourself with the wrong thing, it could be devastating to your life. Amen. It could be devastating to your spiritual walk. So it, 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 is, it is critical. We have to guard, the Bible says to guard our heart with all due diligence. We gotta guard the things that, the, 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 our spiritual, our heart is our spiritual man. We have to guard those things that come in. We have to guard what we allow ourselves to become attached to. So in the, the opportunity, a critical or decisive point in time, what do you do in those critical and decisive points of time in your life? Your, your response may be different from mine. It's a period of time in which conditions are right for a particular course of action. When things are of God, it is the conditions are going to be right. I'm hearing some feedback. Um, it, it, a period of time in which conditions are right for a particular course of action. Praise God. Okay. Um, now... I want to just kind of give you some um, give you some 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 sayings that I, I, I found and came across. It says, "Without the strength to ensure the crisis, no one will see the opportunity. Without the strength to endure the crisis, no one will see the opportunity. There are times that." A God-given opportunity can be enveloped around a crisis. But if you don't endure that crisis, then you will never see the God-given opportunity. If you fail up under the pressure and the weight of what you're going through, you will never understand that that the God-given opportunity is encased in that situation you're going through. Let's look at another one. Thomas Edison said, opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and looks like work. Let me read that again. Opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and looks like work. In other words, you will miss God's given opportunity because you don't want to put the work in. You don't want to make the sacrifice. You don't want to do what needs to be done in order to walk in that God-given opportunity. My God. And when I looked at this, I was like, you know, how many people, I'm tired. I don't feel like it. You know, I want to sleep today. There were times I came in church today, I was like, man, it's raining real good. I, I mean, this is one of the days you just want to lay, lay. I mean, come on now. But the opportunity... We would have missed the opportunity of worship. We would have missed the opportunity to receive this good word from Pastor Wendy. Y'all missed that. (laughs) Y'all would have missed the opportunity to learn how to discern God-given opportunities. Because it looked like work. You didn't want to roll up your sleeves. You didn't want to make the sacrifices. You didn't want to go back and get your education. I didn't, you don't want to spend the late night hours so you would have missed the God-given opportunity. Here's another one. Henry Ford. Y'all know Henry Ford. 
It says failure is an opportunity to begin again more intelligently. Because you have failed does not necessarily mean that it's over. It just means that you begin again more intelligently. You get, you, you, everything that you go through, you learn something from it. You learn something from whatever you're going through. And then from that, you begin again more intelligently. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, Charles Swindoll says, we are all faced with great opportunities. Brilliantly disguised as impossible situations. We are all faced with great opportunities and they're disguised as impossible situations. We look at it in our own strength and say that we cannot achieve this. We cannot do this. God, this is too impossible for me. God, this is too. God said, I didn't ask you to do it in your own strength. I can do all things through Christ who what? Who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. So, let's go through some ways on how to discern God-given opportunities for your life. How to discern God-given opportunities for your life. Number one, is it a prayed-over opportunity? The opportunity that has been presented to you, have you prayed over it? Have you sought God and said, Lord, is this an opportunity that you want me to move forth in? Let's look at 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Verse 14 says, and this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to his will, in agreement with his own plan, he listens to And hears what? He hears what? He does what? He listens and he hears. If we ask in his will, which is in agreement with his own plan. So when an opportunity, and let's look at verse um, 15. It says, and if we positively know that he listens to us, we already know God hears us. To us in whatever we ask, we also know with subtle and absolute knowledge that we have, we have granted us as our present possessions the request made of him. So in other words, we absolutely know that if we ask anything in accordance with his will, that he hears us. Amen? He hears us. But it has to be in accordance with his will. Praise God. Just give me the black mic if I need to take it. Are you go- y'all good? Tyler, turn on Facebook. Don't um, you got to mute on the computer? Facebook. Praise God. The next one is: is does the opportunity create fear or anxiety? Does it create fear or Anxiety. When you are placed into making a decision or an opportunity has been given to you, are you anxious about it? Are you fearful? Now let me let me share something with you. Let me, let me 
Let me read something. There is a difference. There's a difference between hesitation and fear. You can be hesitant because you're like, Lord, I want to make sure that what I'm doing, Lord, I want to make sure that what, what is presented to me is of you. So you're hesitant because you want to absolutely make sure that you're walking into, in, in, in the accordance of the will of God. But there's a difference in fear. When, when you're fearful about moving out or it creates anxiety or it's just you're so ups- uptight about it. Y'all ever been there where there's an opportunity and it's like just all up in here just seems to be all just messed up. You can't sleep at night. You're just, you know, you're like, that's not of God. That's not of God. Um, and it says that when the opportunity is of God, it will present a sense of peace in our heart. If we're feeling pressured, anxious, or the opportunity goes away, then what was not an opportunity um, we should uh, have taken? That, that was not an opportunity that we should have taken advantage of. Prime example. Let me give you an example. Any, how many of y'all ever went to the car dealership? You go to the car dealership? They're going there and they're, they're looking at you and they want you to sign them papers right then. And it's like, you know, and they, they get mad with me. I tell you what, the last guy, he got so mad, he was like, well, no, nah, the deal is off the table. Okay, bye. The thing is, is that they will try opportunities that, that, like that, they'll pressure you. You feel pressured to make a decision. Pressure. Um, um, it could be a, you know, when you're, me and Pastor Robert, when we first got married, man, we went, we had our honeymoon down in Florida, and we went to this um, timeshare place. And in the timeshare, um, we, did, we, we just got married. And I, I mean, actually, we only paid $50 to stay for like four or five days, you know, because our girlfriend hooked us up. And so we went there, but, if, you know, part of one of the $50 things, we had to go take a tour. So we, we, we went in there and we took a tour, and then, you know, they take you back in this room, and they're like, you know, oh, uh, uh, you know, here, and they present it all and make it all look good. We just got married. Tell me why, y'all, we walked away buying a timeshare. We, I mean, because we felt pressured. Did we not feel pressured, Pastor Robert? We felt pressured. And, and when we got home, we came to our senses. And I'm trying to fit, read the fine print and figure out how I could cancel this, this timeshare. I had to read the fact because when I got home, I realized that that was not an opportunity that God wanted me to walk in. Amen. We didn't pray. We were there on our honeymoon. We were, we were lovey doveys. We won't think about no timeshare. Shucks. And come back home in reality here. Wait a minute now. Well, we got a timeshare to pay for. We ain't even merged our finances together good. But that's the thing. It's like pressure. You feel pressure. When you feel pressure like that, you need to just walk away. Take some. I tell you what. Some of the situations and the opportunities that present itself to you say, okay, no, I'm going to take some time and pray about it. See what happens. See what happens. And it says if the opportunity goes away, then it was not a God-given opportunity. If, if it cannot wait, then it's not of God. 
So let's look at some scripture to back this up. It says, for God didn't give us a, uh, not a spirit of fearfulness, but a power, love, and discipline. Discipline. It takes discipline to not whew, move out. I remember Pastor Robert, um, if I could tell one of the stories that he said, before, he told before. He said that his father or somebody would tell him, hey, go upstairs and, and get such and such and such and such. And before he would even really hear what he needed to go upstairs with, he was off to the races. Then he'd get up there and be like, man, what did I come up? What did they tell me to come up here for? He didn't take the time to get the full instructions. There's times that we have to, in that waiting, in that opportunity, take the time to get full instruction. What was the first thing that I said? Is it a prayed over opportunity? When opportunity presents itself, take the time to sit back and pray about it. And say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray because I want to hear from you clearly. Yes. Amen. So, and it takes discipline to sit there. It takes discipline to sit there and wait when you know you're looking fine. And he's talking them sweet things and he said, come on, let's get married. And you're like, wait a minute, let me pray about it. Mm-mm. I'm sorry, mother laughing at me. I'm just saying, I'm, this is real talk, y'all. I got single people in the room. All the single ladies and men, raise your hands. <laughs> I mean, it takes discipline. It takes discipline. I tell you what, when I... When I was getting ready to be married, uh, Pastor Robert had asked me to marry him. I, I labored. I laid on the floor. It's like I know I wanted a relationship, but I tell you what, I, I fasted, I prayed, I crucified my flesh. I said, God, if this is not of you, take him away and take me away too. <laughs> but I'm because I wanted to hear from God. You got to want to hear from God when you're making things. When you're, when you're making this decisions, let's look at Colossians 3 and 15. And it says, let the peace from Christ rule. I like this word because it says, act as an umpire continually in your heart. Deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your mind. And in that peaceful state. To which, uh, as members of Christ, one body, you were also called to live and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God. What I wanted to point out is, is that when you are presented an opportunity, you have to have a sense of peace on the inside. It says that peace does what? It acts as a what? An umpire. What does an umpire do? An umpire decides whether it's Safe or whether it's amen. amen. So in your peace, it when, when you don't have peace about a, 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 a opportunity, that's God saying it's out. Yeah. It's out. But when you got peace, God says safe. He said you can move forward. Know that peace is going to act as an umpire. So see if you have peace about it. And I, I'm, just, I'm just saying what helps for me, y'all. Okay? Y'all getting anything? Amen. So does the situation create opportunity? I mean, does it create fear or anxiety? Let's look at the next one. Does it contradict, does it contradict his word? Does it contradict his word? Listen to this. 
And I put this up here. It says not forsaken or neglecting to assemble together as believers as is in the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, and uh, urging and encouraging one another and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. Why did I put this up here? There's a lot of times that we walk and we move in opportunities and we think that, that whatever a situation is, is that it was meant of God, but yet it pulls us away from the things of God. It's an opportunity and you're walking it, but all of a sudden you find that you're not coming to church like you should. All of a sudden you look at this opportunity and you're not studying your word like you should. That Whatever you're doing has consumed so much of you that you don't even have time to take and pray. That's why I put that up there. Not forsaken or neglecting to assemble yourselves. Everybody was like, well, you know, I got to work. I got to do. But the whole part about it, you, the Bible says to trust in God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. So these opportunities that even that you, some of us are already in, and if we're in them today, and you're, you're realizing through the word that I'm speaking, that this is, that wait a minute, I've connected myself with an opportunity that I should not have connected myself. That's all right. Grace and mercy is here. And you can say, Lord, I'm going to sever this. I'm going to sever this tie right now. I'm going to sever it because I realize that this thing is consuming too much of me. I realize that I'm not able to give you the time where my bills are due. But God will take care of that. Well, this is, this is, this is pressing. That's pressing. Well, my family is requiring more of my time. If it's pulling you away from God, it's not a God-given opportunity. Let's look at 2 Timothy. It says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So in other words, this opportunity, is it making you feel like, you know, you got that little uneasiness in, the, in, the, in your mind, I really shouldn't be doing this. You know, it, 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 the, the Bible says that the scripture, it says this, it's inspired by God and it teaches us what is true. The word of God will teach you what is true. Find out when you're presenting an opportunity, ask God, God, show me in your scripture. Help me to see in your scripture. God has a, I'm, oh my God, he has a scripture that will apply to every situation and every opportunity that you're presented with. And all you have to do is to ask him. Take some time. Pray. Sit. Open up the word of God. It is through the word of God that you are going to learn what is right and what is true. It says it corrects us when we're wrong. And it teaches us what to do is right. I want to know what to do. Don't you want to know what to do is right? Don't you want to know how to do things right? And stop making wrong decisions and, 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 and walking into things and, and, and going through doors that God never intended for you to walk through. I don't know about you, but I want to be victorious. I want to walk in the blessings of God. I want to, to, to be able to see the manifestation of God being, uh, man, uh, the glory of God being manifested in my life. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 6 and 14. Now, I put this one up here. It says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. 
Do not be, do not make mismated alliances with them or come uh, come up under a different yoke with them inconsistent with your faith. In, in other words, we look at a lot of times as this as relationships, husband and wife and boyfriend and girlfriend. But this, when I look at this, it says uh, uh, mismated alliances. There are times that business ventures or whatever it is that you walk into and it's mismated. It's not who God intended you for you to be connected with. There are times there are decisions and, and somebody says, come on and go with me, girl. Let's let's roll together. Let's go here and let's go there. Mismated alliances. God said, no, he don't want you to be aligned with something that is different than what you believe in. Right. Now, I'm not saying segregate yourself, but you better pray about it. Yes. Don't mismate. Don't be unequally yoked. Unequally yoked, not just for, for couples, but it's for us in everyday life. Even on your job. If that's not the job that God intended for you to have, but I need to make the money. No. Uh-uh. God will lead you into the paths of righteousness. He will lead you into a path of prosperity. Pray about it first. And some of us have taken on responsibilities and aligned ourselves with people. And God said, I need for you to sever to, 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 to sever that tie because you're unequally yoked it's a mismated alliance it's inconsistent with what you believe in it's inconsistent with your faith it says for what partnership have right living and right standing with God with iniquity and lawlessness what partnership do you have with that person none none what partnership and I hate to say it. It's like, you know, we, we had a leadership meeting on yesterday. And Sister Nikki did some teaching. And she was talking about um, sometimes uh, uh, enabling uh, individuals. I'll just leave it like that. Enabling individuals. There are times that we help individuals that God did not. It, we look at it, oh, let me have an opportunity to show God's love. No, God didn't tell you. You better pray. Ask God, God, is this this is this what you want me to do? Is this what you know? And, and prime example, I just say loaning some people some money, and you loan them money, and it's like, no, uh, uh-uh. uh. Did God say loan it? Did God say loan it? You come in partnership, and I say with family members. Sometimes family members will pull on your heartstrings. They'll pull on your heartstrings. But there has to be a point in time where you got to know this is, I love you. Yes, I'm flesh and blood with you, but I can't come into partnership with you on this. I can pray for you. I can labor before you. I can can do what I need to do, but I I cannot come into partnership with you on this venture. You know, it's telling us, yes. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm chief of them all, man. I got, a, I got a soft heart. Let one of my family members be down and out and hurting. But there are times that we stand in the way of God. We stand in the way of God because we will take in partnership with something that God said, I need for you to move out of the ways so I can have my way in them. But what we do is we want to play God and we want to take care of this and take care of that. And God said, move out of the way so I can have my way. 
And so what you, you're praying and fasting, Lord, save them. Lord, deliver them. Lord, do this. Lord, do that. And you say every time something happens, you stepping in the way. And God said, move out of the way. I'm trying to save them. Move out of the way. I'm trying to deliver them. Move out of the way. I'm trying to heal them. Move out of the way. I'm trying to let them see that I am God, not you. Jesus. Move out of the way. Another one is, doesn't require you to compromise your beliefs or your personal obedience or standards. Doesn't require you to compromise your belief or your personal obedience and standards. Let's look at James. Let no one say when he is tempted of God, I, I, I am t- when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God is incapable of being tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. Tempts no one. You're saying all oh, this is a temptation. Does it require you to compromise what you believe in? Doesn't require, and then it says, "But if but every person is tempted when he is what, when he's what, and then what, enticed, and what." I like this word. When he is baited, I love going fishing. Pastor Robert will tell you, I used to go fishing every single Saturday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I would go fishing, and I'm gonna tell you what, I was catching some nice fish. But I had to have the right bait. I had some bait in my car one time that got left in my car. And I kept trying to figure out what is this smell in my car. And come to find out it was some leftover bait that I had left in my car. See what the enemy will do. He will bait you in. He will bait you in. And the next thing you know you grab a hold of that bait and he's reeling you in. And then there's times that debate is so nasty and spoiled. But you are so wrapped up in your own self that you can't even smell the smell of debate. But yet the enemy is saying, here, take it. But it's nasty, it's dirty, it's stinky. But yet you're still taking hold of debate. You're drawn away when you are baited. How many of you, the enemy has been baiting you? He's been baiting you. Trying to lure you in, pull you in. It's not going to make you compromise what you believe in. It's not going to make you compromise keeping yourself holy. It's not going to make you compromise what the word of God says and what the word has done in your life. It's not going to make you go back. Even with married couples. What your spouse may want you to do is not, God's not going to let it contradict the word of God that's within you. Am I right, mother? You got to stand for holiness. For God I live and for God I die. But Lord, I I, I want to move forward. I want to move uh, 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 forward. God, I believe and I know and I'm trusting. But the whole thing is, are you getting baited in a situation that's making you compromise your own personal beliefs? Next one, does the opportunity glorify God and require your total dependence on him? If you can do it yourself, it ain't God. If you don't need God to help you, 
It ain't God. If you say I got this. And you ain't sitting there saying Lord help me. You ain't saying Lord you know I, I need for you to, 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 to do this thing. And I'm going to tell you I own a business. But I tell you what even like yesterday I was like Lord you know what. I, I need for you to move even when I get down to work on projects for my clients. When I get to work, when I go to work for uh, uh, work on projects for my clients, I say, Lord, I said, I don't, I don't know how to do this, but you know how to do it. Give me insight, give me wisdom, give me knowledge, and I'm going to tell you. And He did it for me. Uh, I think it was Friday evening. I was working on a project for my client. I had no idea how to do what I was doing, but I said, I said, Lord, I said, help me. Help me to figure this thing out. And do you know it started to coming together just like that? It just started flowing. And so, and when it started flowing, I started getting excited and I got happy. I was like, oh yeah, God, I can, this is good. Show me some more. He literally started showing me some more on how to do what I needed to do. God given opportunities. You got to rely on him. We have to rely on him. Let's look at Romans. It says, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. It says give your what? Whole body. Give half of it. No. Give a portion of it. No. Give a smidgen of it. No. Your whole body. Your whole body as an instrument. What do we do with instruments? We play the, the instruments is under what? Under our control. Where's a pen? Give me a pen. Here, all right. This isn't, what do we call this an instrument of writing? In other words, this instrument has no power if I just leave it there. But now, the instrument is now submitted to my control. But it's still not going to write unless the person who is controlling it clicks it and makes it right. But can y'all see what I'm writing? So now, I have to use another instrument and write. But this instrument is under what? Under my control. So in other words, when we submit ourselves to God as instruments, he knows how to make us right. And he knows how to make our lives give glory to the glory of God. He knows how to use us. He knows how to turn us on. He knows how to make us move. He knows what, what needs to be done in our life in order so when we move and when we go forward that our life and whatever we're doing is giving glory to God. It's giving glory to him. A lot of us have submitted ourselves and given ourselves as instrument to other things and it's not giving glory to God. God's saying, give yourself back to me so that I can use you as an instrument for my glory. How many of you want to be used for the instrument, uh, uh, instrument for God's glory? Let's go to the next one. It says, is the opportunity all-consuming? What do I mean? Is the opportunity 
all-consuming. Jeremiah said, but if I say I'll never mention the Lord or speak in his name, his word burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I'm worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it. Next verse, it's 1 Corinthians. It says, for if merely, if Paul says, merely if I preach the gospel, that gives me no reason to boast, for I feel compelled or necessity to do it. Woe is me if I do not preach the glad tidings. So in other words, this God-given opportunity, it's this, this thing is burning within you, and you say within yourself, you know what, I'll do it even if I do it for free. I'll do it, Lord, because it's burning so much inside of me. It's, it, Jeremiah said it's like fire shut up in my bones. You don't need anybody to prompt you. You don't need anybody to give you any accolades. But you're doing it because it gives you within you. And you know it's of God. It, you, it, it's so shut up inside of you. Like with my business, I was just doing things and I didn't even realize that I had a business inside of me. I was just doing it for people. I was doing it as for favors. And I had one client tell me, she's a client now, but I had one person tell me, you know what? You need to start a business. I'm like, no, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, uh, well, let me pay you. No, you don't have to pay me. And every now and then she'd be slipping me a check. But I was doing it for free because I knew I, I just did it because that was what was in my heart to do. And I knew that what I was doing Gave me peace on the inside. And so I was talking to my neighbor one day. And my neighbor was like. We were just chit chatting about something else. And then all of a sudden the Lord dropped the scripture in my, in, in my spirit. Out of thy belly shall fold rivers of living water. And so from that. God gave me the business name Living Waters Consulting. But he gave me the scripture. Out of thy belly shall flow rivers of living water. And so the very thing is. Is that. Everything that I put my hands to do with my business is going to prosper. Why? Because it's a God-given opportunity. So those God-given opportunities that you walk into is going to cause somebody else to prosper. And I guarantee you, you talk to my clients, and I'm not trying to promote my business at all, but I'm trying to give you some illustrations. They will tell you of how their business has prospered just by coming in an alliance with me. So when you line yourself up with the right things, the other people are going to prosper. Yes. Amen. And it's going to be a reciprocating type of relationship. They're going to sow into you, you're going to sow into them. But it's going to be so much shut up inside of you like a mighty burning fire. You're like, you know what, girl, no, that's all right. I'll, I'll, we, uh, we good. We good. Y'all, y'all, y'all following with me? Amen. And I'm almost done. The other thing is, And this is not really discerning a God-given opportunity. But those opportunities that you are presented with, seek godly counsel. Seek godly counsel. It's hard for when you've made a decision and then you want to be like, stuff is all jacked up and then you want to say, well, you know, should I? Why Why do you seek godly counsel beforehand? And, and this is what I like. It says, get all the advice you can and you will succeed. With, without it, you will fail. Get all the advice you can. Look, and I'm not just saying go to anybody, please. Y'all don't go to anybody. 
Go to somebody who you know has a prayer life. Go to somebody who you know is in the word of God and studying the word of God. And ask them, say, hey, look, you know what, I, I, I feel such and such. And Pastor Robin and I get that all the time. You know what, I feel like the Lord is leading me to do such and such and such. And it's like, you know what, we're able to pray with them. We may not have the answer, but we can come into agreement and, and say, Lord, you know what, uh, uh, reveal to them what you want for them to do. You know, and I'm, I'm just going to be honest. One woman told me before, you know what, you ain't got no secrets. Well, I want to keep this a secret. There are some times that, you know, secrets will sit there and lead you down the wrong path because you don't want to let anybody else know. But for me, I'm, I'm, I'm blabbermouth. I'm going to tell it. Because I, I want to know, you know, mother laugh at me. Because she know, I'm blabber. I'm go, I want to I want to get some, some feedback. I want to get some input. And sometimes when I share what I'm sharing, I glean off of what you're saying and be like, you know what? Me and Pastor Robert was having a conversation yesterday morning. And I shared something with him that the Lord had given me. And I walked on out the room. And then I came back. And he, he had time to think about it. And then he was like, well, Wendy... He said such and such and such. And I saw it in a whole, even though I knew that's, that's what I was, you know, kind of feeling. But I did not know how to articulate it. I did not know how to say it. But when he said it, it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, that's right. You're right. And, and so it, it, it kind of made me see and take a different course of action in some things. And so there are times that you need to seek godly counsel. Let's look at what the uh, contemporary English version says. It says, without good advice, everything goes wrong. It takes careful planning for things to go right. Planning. Planning. Not just planning by yourself. Planning with some godly people. We go and we ask the world for something that we should be coming to the church and asking the people of God for. And when I said, when I mean that, we ask advice of people who don't even believe God. Girl, you ought to leave him. Girl, girl, you ought not put up with that. But let me come to mother and say, mother, such and such, mother going to be like, love covers a multitude of sin. We don't go to godly counsel because that's not what we want to hear. We go to people who we want to hear something from. Am I right? Tyler, you can go ahead on and, and... Y'all getting anything? And this is lastly. When we move out and God-given opportunities, nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you. And this is what I liked about this. Acts 5 and 39. It says, but if it is from God, you won't be able to overthrow them. And you may even find yourselves fighting against God. So when you move out in God-given opportunities, there's nothing that can stop you. And anybody that comes out and tries to fight against you and think that they're fighting against you, they're not fighting against you, they're fighting against God. Because ain't no devil in hell can stop what God is doing through you and in you. Let's recap this. I got you, mother. Let's recap. 
First one, is it a prayed over opportunity? Are you praying over the opportunities? Not moving out of desperation, not moving out of frustration, or because the situation has become so unbearable and you make a decision or you make a move. Does the opportunity create fear or anxiety? Does it contradict his word? Is what you're dealing with contradicting the word of God? Does it require you to compromise your beliefs? Is that thing causing you to contradict what you believe in? Your personal obedience and your standards that you have now started walking in. Does the opportunity to glorify God and require your total dependence upon Him? And is the opportunity all-consuming? Is that opportunity all-consuming? Yes, ma'am, mother. And she is exactly right. There are some opportunities that we have have gotten ourselves into. There's some things right now that we have gotten ourselves connected with and and we don't know how to get off that that, that merry-go-round. Well, you got to pray and ask God. Say, God, the Bible says to every temptation there is a way of escape. In, 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 in Ecclesiastes, let me read this to you real quick. In Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, it says, For everything there is a season, there's an opportunity. Even what you're dealing with right now, there's a season for you to come out of that. Amen. And this is your season. This is your season to walk up out of that thing. You made some wrong choices? Fine. It's all right. Got yourself in some things and made some decisions you shouldn't have made. And a lot of us do that with with Pastor Robin and I have done it with debt. Made some decisions that God didn't tell us to make. And some things you just got to ride it out. You just got to ride it out. And ask for God's grace and mercy to help you to endure. Because he will help you to endure. Let's stand to our feet.